Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day. Today's episode, please welcome back Gary Huang from the Seven Figure Seller Summit. And in this episode, we discuss a massive opportunity that Amazon Japan presents and how surprisingly easy it is to set up and sell there. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Gary's upcoming seven-figure seller Japan mastermind, just head over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash Japan, and you can save $300 using the code TAS300, uh, and that event is running between April 4th and April 5th uh, this year. Now, speaking of upcoming events, don't forget about the Amazon Collective Mastermind Regina and I are holding in June this year between the 18th and the 22nd in beautiful Ubud, Bali. You'll be joined by our invited VIP guests, including Kirsty Verity, Leo Segovio, Bradley Sutton, and Steve Simonson. And in previous events, we've had VIPs like attendees like Jamie Paris from the Endgame Network, Norm Farrar from Launch with Norm, uh, Paul Barron, and of course, the one and only Amy Weiss. So to apply, simply head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Bali, where you can read all about the trip and apply to join. Every collective mastermind we've held so far has been a sellout, and this one will not be an exception. So get on board. Now, don't forget to join my Facebook group. All you've got to do is head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Still offering private coaching as well this year, one-on-one. It's the only way to do it. So please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me. We'll have some fun together. Uh, make sure you're heading in the right direction. Now, if you own or work for a consumer products brand, and you need help setting up or running your Amazon business, please feel free to get in touch with me. I've got a new agency over at amosphere.com.au. That's A-M-A-S-P-H-E-R-E.com.au. Or just send me an email at chris at christhomas.com.au. All right, let's get on with today's show with Gary Huang from the upcoming Seven Figure Seller Japan Mastermind. Gary Huang. How are you, Gary? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back, Chris. Super excited to be on today. Well, I think this is like our third chat together because uh, you've been doing the Seven Figure Seller Summit for, for a long time, for many years, <laughs> which yes. I think is what we've spoken about on previous occasions. And this time you've got uh, another event that's coming up in April, I believe, which yeah, uh, we're we, going to chat about. Yeah. yeah, we got something brand new. I'm very excited about this. Nobody's right. ever done something like this before, but but Yeah. Yeah. Let's get, well, let's get into it. So obviously, uh, this is about selling on Amazon Japan. Uh, it is something that I did, gosh, it was probably 2015, 2016, I think. Um, was able to set myself up with an Amazon Japan account. There's a lot of things to set up at the time. It was pretty complex, but I managed to get some products up onto Amazon Japan. But because I wasn't very good at selling on Amazon back then, I didn't do very well. Um, so eventually, I sort of tucked my tail between my legs and headed for you know, other marketplaces that I thought might be a bit easier. But um, it sounds like it's a it's a really good and growing market. So let's uh, let's talk about Japan. I mean, you've you've done a lot of research yeah. into Japan and Amazon Japan. Um, yeah. How big, well, how big is Amazon Japan? Yeah. Well, I've actually I've you know I spent some time living in Japan. I'm actually in Tokyo right now. That's right. Um, so I've have you know first time experience getting a taste of not only selling in Amazon Japan but also shopping on Amazon in Japan. And wow. I think first off, um, you know, Japan, Amazon in Japan is now the number one biggest e-commerce platform in Japan. They 
overtook the incumbent Rakuten, which was the leader for many years. But now Amazon is just everywhere. They offer same day delivery in Tokyo, just like in the States. You see like the Amazon boxes, like, you know, in like the offices in front of the homes and they have like those storage lockers in front of like the convenience store. It's really dominating. And, you know, it's a funny story. Um, You know, my family and I, we just moved to a new apartment here in Tokyo a few weeks ago as I was asking the property agent, hey, where should I get my furniture? Where should I get my stuff? And the first thing out of his mouth, you know, Amazon, he's like, you can get everything delivered for free. You know, it's fast delivery. And then they have more selection than any like furniture shop or electronics shop. So I got my TV, etc. Right. So, I mean, Amazon is making a big splash right now in Japan. Um, so talking about the, some numbers, um, Amazon yeah. Japan is the number four biggest Amazon marketplace in the world. And in not too world. many people. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Number four biggest Amazon marketplace behind US, UK, and Germany. I think they were pretty close with uh, UK, but the, the Japanese yen depreciated. So uh, because of that, then, you know, like the total revenue, it, you know, it dropped with the currency, but, you know, it could be also a positive lining as well. Um, So it's number four right now. Um, There's about, I mean, population, there's 126 million people in Japan. It's the third biggest economy in the world. And about 70% of the people in Japan, they shopped online within the last year. So there's, you know, prevalence of online shopping. Um, You know, everybody has a mobile phone in their hands here in Japan. So um, there's a lot of activity. Yeah. Did the pandemic have a lot to do with the, was there an uptake due to the pandemic by Japanese buyers? Definitely. I mean, there was the state of emergency here in Japan. You know, I I lived in Japan through the pandemic. Um, Yeah, that's right. The government really, you know, like you know, encourage people to stay home. So everyone was shopping online and now everything's fully open. I mean, I'd say it's like 99% open, you know, people are, you know, shopping in stores, but it's just more convenient than having to like, you know, jump on the, in this Metro and having to like try to lug your, your furniture home, which is not (laughs) happening in Tokyo. Right. So, I mean, Amazon is, is like super convenient. Um, It is a very big marketplace, but the, the funny thing is, Chris, I don't know about you, but I don't really hear anybody talking about Japan. I mean, there's only maybe one or, I mean, name, uh, name who's talking about Japan. Like none of the, you know, the people we know are talking about Japan, right? There's, no. Well, there's been there's been a sort of a few chats and some podcast episodes and things I've listened to about Japan. You know, Nick Katz is obviously, I think he's part of your upcoming event, which we'll talk, to, talk yeah. about in a minute. Yeah. Um, and there was another guy as well here, <clears throat> excuse me, here in Melbourne. Um, guy called Nick, and I interviewed him way back about selling on Amazon mm. Japan as well. But um, yeah, you're right. There hasn't really been a huge focus on that marketplace by anybody for a very long time. So yeah, it's good that yeah, you uh, bring it back to uh, everybody's yeah. attention. Yeah, I feel like it's been kind of ignored, which is you know kind of a so it makes it like a blue ocean. I mean, if you look at the number yeah. of sellers selling in Japan, there's only about 170,000, 180,000 sellers. Yeah. If you compare to America, you know, there's several million registered and there's about 1.1 million active sellers. Yeah. And then even if you compare it to other countries like um, Spain, Italy, there's more people selling, selling in those smaller countries than in Japan. I yeah, mean, right. Japan, I think in terms of number of sellers, they're ranked like number eight in the world. And okay. it's the fourth biggest market. So you can see just looking at the, the numbers, 
yeah, it's totally imbalanced. So anyone yeah. that you know has the the foresight to come sell into Japan, they're going to have an advantage. Absolutely, um, that's one advantage. It's like the the fewer number of sellers. We also see that um, reviews, right? If you're a U.S. seller, if you're already you have a couple hundred reviews or you know a couple over a thousand reviews on your listing, you can move those global reviews to Japan. That they actually carry over. So if you mm. bring that skew into Japan, you start off out the gate with those you know hundreds of reviews. And yeah. the overall, the the beauty of this is in Japan, the review threshold is lower in Japan mm. than in U.S. than in Europe. So with the same number of reviews, you could you know have like a higher. Yeah, uh, it looks like it looks much better, right? Sure I mean, does. From, from day one with zero sales history. Yeah. And then this also translates to more social proof. Um, shoppers in Japan, they tend to look at the number of reviews we found mm -hmm. rather than just the review score. So they yeah. want to make sure that you have a lot of reviews. So if okay. you start out with that, then you have that in your favor as well. Um, so th there's yeah a number of advantages for sellers to you get bet. into Japan right now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, well, when I started you know, back in 2015, 2016, there, I couldn't get a review on my product. It was in, it was almost impossible to get any. In fact, I don't think I ever got one. I sold 500 units. I didn't get a single review. It was, really? and I heard wow. at the time it was notoriously hard to get reviews from Japanese consumers. And even if you did get a review, it was often about four stars. It was very hard to get like fives because <laughs> nothing's perfect. But um, yeah, so there's that, and it also it just helps with launching, right? If you're already going into a marketplace with reviews under your belt. Exactly. I mean, you have that. I mean, you have all those reviews under your belts. And yeah. um, another good thing about Japan is that the, the PPC costs are lower on average. The PPC costs in Japan are lower than US and Europe. So you'll have those debt savings there as well. Um, that sounds great. I was going to say, when it comes to PPC then, because kind of jumping all over the place with this conversation, which, which is fine, how do you, you know, how do you sort of handle the like translating keywords into Japanese, uh, the Japanese language, or are you just running automatic yeah. campaigns, letting Amazon decide what to show you or ad for? Yeah. Um, for me, I still don't really speak Japanese. I'm kind of ashamed to admit I've lived here for three years. Um, I can probably know enough to order in a restaurant or, you know, order a beer in a bar, but um, not enough to do like advanced uh, keyword research. So what <laughs> I do is I hire uh, a translator that mm -hmm. knows, uh, that has some experience with Amazon SEO. And then I've also been working with a uh, PPC agency, yep. PPC Ninja, uh, Ritu oh, yeah. Java. She's um, the CEO mm. there. She, um, you know, just working with someone that has that experience because yep. it, you can't just Google translate it and expect no. to have good results, right? There's some yep. degree of, you know, knowledge and, you know, cultural understanding you have to know. Mm. So I highly recommend that you work with um, some sort of, professional, whether it's a translator with mm -hmm. experience with Amazon, um, don't just get any translator, like, like an academic translator, because mm -hmm. they don't know, like, you know, Amazon, like, you know, copywriting, how to write, you know, bullet points, etc. Right. You have to oh, right. find someone with some sort of, um, this skill set. So, yeah. um, that's how we do it. Um, you know, we use tools out there as well. I mean, Helium 10 works with Japan. Uh, that's one of our favorite tools. Jungle Scout yeah. works as well. And, um, you know, yeah, there's a number of ways that you can do it, but you know, th that's one of the, the main steps. You got to make sure product market fit. Um, you know, don't just go in blind, right? You got to make yeah. sure there's product market fit before you go in. So uh, I was just going to touch back on translation because obviously in yeah. Europe, you know, if we set up in say the UK 
or indeed in America, and then our listings are tra- automatically translated by Amazon into the European marketplaces, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, etc. Does Amazon do the same thing for uh, you know English language listings that you might be bringing in from, say, America? Yeah, they do offer that. They do mm-hmm. offer that, but the quality of the translation, I yeah. would... I wouldn't let that be my end all be all. Um, mm. You know, you're putting it in someone like you don't know like how they're translating. Are they machine translating it, Probably. or like what type of translator are they using? You know, yeah. so I, I mean, maybe if like your first initial step, you do that, but definitely hire a professional. I mean, it's it's your. I mean, it's like your baby, right? You want them to have the best education. You don't want them to just like get you know learn it from someone off the street right so i mean i would definitely hire a professional that's true oh look you know the other thing that's going to impact is your conversion rate so having good you know copy in the local language um improves conversion rate which then helps you rank and your launch and all the rest of it so they all sort of tie together don't they 100 percent. that's so critical yeah you mentioned product fit, I think, or what's the deal? Like, how do you research what products will work well in Japan versus products that won't? Um, well, I think I would recommend for most sellers to consider your existing product. If you're already proven this product, it's already selling in US and EU, give it a go, you know, do the research for this same product in Japan. The reason is because you've already developed all of the, you know, the supply chain, the product development you have. Um, you know, proven the launch, you have reviews under your belt. So you have those advantages, you know, you can have that head start, right? Um, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, going a, a little deeper into the product market fit analysis, um, you'll use tools to look at, you know, the keyword research, the search volume, look at the competitors, look at the number of competitors. Um, and also, you know, one quick tip, many people aren't aware of this, is that you can actually go to Amazon Japan's website, amazon.co.jp, and then you can search for your product um, in English because Japan actually, their site has an English toggle, English language. So you can search for your product in English to get you know, an idea of like, hey, are there a lot of people selling this product or not too many? Um, let me look at the competitor. Is my same competitor in the US selling in Japan? Well, maybe they're not there yet, right? Maybe mm-hmm. that's a blue ocean opportunity for me. Um, so definitely check out Amazon's own website to yeah. be a head start. Um, you can also use tools like brand analytics. I mean, the same way that you use in the US, obviously with um, you know Japanese uh, it's going to be in language in Japanese, but sure. for that you can use Google Translate, so you can get the the meaning of those keywords to see if you know how relevant, how you know the fit would be yeah. for your um, for your products. Yeah, yeah that's, cool. so that's what I recommend. Just get started. Let's get into the nuts and bolts. Then, <clears throat> what are the first steps to like setting up on Amazon Japan? Like, do you what is happening with taxes? What kind of yeah. documents does Amazon want to see? Do you need yeah. to well, have a business in Japan? Like, what? How does yeah. it work? No. Okay. So one myth is that you do not need to have a business in Japan. You don't need to register a Japanese company. You can use cool. your existing entity, like a US LLC or an Australian company, etc. You can use that. Um, however, one of the biggest differences is when you import into Japan. Japanese law requires an import of record with a Japanese address. Okay, so it has to be either a company address in japan or a person address in japan the reason is because in case anything goes wrong they want accountability they want to be able to you know track them down in japan okay so yeah because of that you cannot use your u.s 
LLC to import into Japan, you have to find a Japanese import record. That's one big difference um, sure. importing into Japan. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is you have to check the product regulations, the compliance testing required. Um, in Japan, there are certain categories where they're stricter than Europe for certain products. So okay. um, in our research, we've identified four key categories where the Japanese government, they're just more strict about these. So if one of your products are from these categories, you may want to go, um, you know, talk to an expert mm. to find out the exact compliance test. So these four categories are number one mm -hmm. is supplements. And yep. number two is cosmetics. Yeah. And number three is medical devices. Uh, yep. That old chestnut. Yep. Yeah. And number four is plastic products, anything that touches food, anything that, you know, touches water or drinks that you ingest. Okay, okay, any one of these four, the Japanese government will place this under greater scrutiny in terms of compliance and testing. How do you know? Definitely talk to a professional, like an importer that handles a lot of these shipments, uh, compliance experts, because the Japanese compliance laws will be different from the U.S. Mm -hmm. and from Europe. So these are some of the, the biggest um, obstacles that you have to address to get started. That's great advice. Yeah, I'm assuming then that they're, they're not only customs are looking at products that are arriving in Japan, but also Amazon is in, if you did get through, Amazon would be requesting certification as well around yeah, compliance. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, on both sides, but mm -hmm. Japanese customs, that's the big one because you don't want to get stuck at customs and you have mm -hmm. all your products held up and pay all those fees and all that time. And, you know, that that's the big thing. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, you have to be aware of the costs as well for the compliance and the testing. I mean, I don't mean to scare people off, but <laughs> yeah. as, as, you know, as a general rule, like the more, um, you know, the more parts the product has, like the more complex the product has, the, the greater the cost, because you may need to test the separate parts of the, uh, the product, which yeah. will drive up the cost. So for example, if, you know, let's say I'm selling this plastic water bottle, yep. you know, I would, I wouldn't, I would not only test the, the actual plastic bottle that I'm holding my hand, but also like the lid and, you know, this little strap and if I have like a handle, I would yep. need to get all of those things tested, which adds to the cost. So definitely, um, you know, talk to your importer about that. And, um, yeah, so the compliance testing, that's a little tricky, um, to get into Japan. That's cool. I remember being able to ship products in without an importer record. Oh God, I hope I'm right in saying this, just using like DHL. Like I, I remember doing like a little test of about 20 units or something just in a carton through DHL. DDP went straight through. I think they acted as the importer record. Is that an option, do you think? Or maybe um, we're getting into a zone that's perhaps a little bit... Yeah. What Was that some time ago? It was. Because yeah, the, it was the loss... The, yeah. the laws have been becoming more strict okay. in Japan as more people are selling on Amazon. Um, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> tapping down on that. So uh, you might want to be careful. If, yeah, fair enough. If you're, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't play with fire, in other words. <laughs> Very sensible answer there, Gary. Yeah. What's my next question then? Oh, just so we talked about setting up. Um, so it sounds like it's pretty straightforward. What, what categories sell well? You know, we talked about ones that you perhaps should be a bit cautious about, but are they particular categories or is it the same kind of categories that you would say? That's, yeah, I think that's the million dollar question. I mean, in Japan, you know, you know, some people wonder like, should I totally like, you know, change all my lifestyle images and stuff? Mm -hmm. um, I would say not necessarily because Japan, 
many Japanese people they love like U.S. culture and you know like brands like you know Nike and like North Face and you know like Patagonia and stuff、yeah. like that. Like they just take like all their existing images and you know transfer them to Japan. Obviously, you need to. Have all of the translations done, you know. Like Japanese people tend to be very detail oriented, you know, with、mm-hmm. like the dimensions, like make sure they're not in inches, but they're in like you know centimeters.、Mm-hmm. Um, also, like you know the weights and stuff like that. Sure.、Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, products that would not sell well, like I, I mean, you got to be careful if you have like any kitchen products because you know. Japanese kitchens are a lot smaller. If you're,、um, you know, patio furniture, I, I haven't seen any、yeah. patios in Tokyo like ever. <laughs> so that's probably not a great idea. Fair、uh, but you, you do see, I mean, certain things、um, like for pets. Like some、yeah. Japanese people are just like fanatical about like their dogs. You know, they have like like a doggy stroller, you know, or、oh、like a pram, so to speak, and they really dress up and you know. <laughs> It's literally like their baby, or even like they care for it more than their baby, you know, like their child. So, I mean, definitely do some research on that. I mean, the best thing to do is to come to Japan, right? I mean,、hmm. being able to to see it, you know, just like observe people on, like you know, on the street,、hmm. right, and or walk into one of those like department stores or you know those stores that sell everything,、mm-hmm. and really get hands on, right? I, you know, I was talking to. Um, like an eight-figure seller, they they brought us on、um, a webinar recently, and it was just mind-blowing for for them because you know coming to Japan, not only can you you know for our conference you can learn how to sell on, on Amazon Japan, but also you can do market research, right? You can just go to the mall, you can just if you're selling in toys, go to a Japanese toy store and see what people are buying, right?、Yeah. See what's popular, and maybe you can find some new product ideas because they have some like quirky type of toys. They have here in Japan that maybe they don't have, like in your home country. You can, yeah,、right. you know, take that idea. You can borrow that, right?、Yeah. So I think just just going to like travel. I mean, you know, we we always talk about like how do you come up with the product idea, right? I mean, it's not just the tools, but sometimes it's just going、uh, out to like a new place, like a foreign country, and just witnessing it, right? Yeah. There's, so I think、100%. that's that's one of the the big things. I mean, just yeah, just just seeing it in person. You mentioned earlier about, or just previously about brands. You know, you talked about Nike and Birkenstock. I can't remember the brands that you reeled off there. But so, can private label sellers that are sort of with unknown brands can they succeed? Do they do they do okay as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean,、okay. on Amazon in Japan, it's similar, right? Because you know, it, it's kind of like a, a little secret. Like you know, the third party sellers that selling on Amazon, like. For like the shoppers, they just think, "Hey, I just got it off Amazon." You know, there's like the trust already built、right. in, the credit card is already saved, yep, and yep. they have Prime membership, so it's very similar here in Japan. You know, people are、yep. okay、um, buying off of Amazon, so with small brands. But I do see one difference,、mm-hmm. Chris, and also you know, talking to a number of seven-figure sellers like、um, like Nick Katz and、yep. like Ritu. Once you get above a certain price threshold, then the Japanese consumer pays a lot greater scrutiny to the details. So we find it's about like the forty dollar U.S. price range.、That's、so anything、cool. above that, you know,、yeah. they they want to get some more trust, you know, more credibility before they they click buy. But anything、yeah. less than that, they're okay. I mean, it's it's not a huge、um, yeah. know, expenditure for them. So private label brands, they they do have a good chance. Yeah, it's almost a impulse buy at less than forty, sort of. You know, yeah. Many, many, many、yeah. less than twenty certainly is. I remember 
reading somewhere or even listening to another podcast about packaging and how important that can be in Japan. They're very full on about the levels of packaging around products. Yes. So they're almost yes. overpackaged. So is that something yeah. that we need to think about as well? Do we need to update our packaging in order to sell? Yes, yes. Talk to your importer because Japan has some certain packaging requirements as okay. well. Um, it depends on your product category. And I mean, on the whole, like Japanese people are like very conscious about like, you know, gifting. And yes. if you go to a department store, like they literally will just like white glove treatment and just yeah. like wrap that, you know, candy box and like the most amazing like product wrapping ever um <laughs> so but then, you know and i think you're you're talking about like you know the packaging like the, the requirements by by law right well it, a bit of both really because you know i yeah. do kind of get that white glove approach that as far as i know and i'm probably generalizing terribly here but uh there's a you know they they really like to have products beautifully packaged and yeah even when it's for themselves um, yeah, yeah they're very it. meticulous when it comes mm. to that. But I mean, I wouldn't get scared off by that because I no. mean, we do want to make our unboxing experience a five star experience anyway. So I say, you know, yeah. make this an opportunity to level up, right? I right. Mean, yeah. Sure, yeah, you stand out. What about boring things like taxes? Um, well, I, I'm not a, a tax expert, so don't take this as tax advice. Um, you don't need to register like a VAT equivalent once you until you hit um, a certain threshold um the threshold is pretty high and you don't have to register for that until the next year okay so i guess the rule of thumb is i wouldn't be put off by it initially once i'm getting started but once you reach a certain volume if you're approaching like you know six figures then you know definitely you know consider that um the local tax is called consumption tax or Mm -hmm. ct but yeah. again, I'm not a tax professional. Don't take this as legal tax advice. Talk to your, yeah. your tax professional. But um, from the entrepreneur perspective, um, that's what I would suggest. Okay, that sounds good. Excellent answer. Thanks, Gary. What about uh, we t- we did touch on reviews? Are there any other sort of things that you can do to get reviews for your products once you've started? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I I'm, I don't advocate black hat. Mm. Um, these type of tactics that could jeopardize your business. Um, white hat tactics. I mean, in Japan, there's a very um, popular uh, like social media platform called Line L I N E, and it's native Japanese. Um, everybody's online, and you know, companies have official accounts online. Like you know, like um, you know, Uniqlo would be online. Um, so everybody's on that. So mm. there's certain things you can do with, um, you know, QR codes on your, on your products to, you know, offer like a coupon code off your next purchase. Um, there's ways to build audiences as well. Um, uh, so definitely, you know, those are some good ways to, to, uh, to build an audience and to get more reviews. And, you know, in Japan, yeah. so much in the U S there's like the request review button and you can do that as the follow-up sales as well. I find that that helps to okay. get some more reviews as well. Yeah. hundred percent. So this line, social media platform that you're talking about what what is it like instagram or is it like what facebook or what what sort of it's kind of like um messenger so like you know people will line their friends i mean it's uh, it's kind of like whatsapp in that respect as well um but for there's also a company official account so let's say you know um you know i'm a big fan of what like um like apple for example like i haven't joined their line but you know okay um i'll give you an example so i bought this hat at right. a, a local like a japanese hat shop right yep. they have a line account 
And then they're like, okay, you join our line and, you know, you'll get like, uh, you can get some points, right. And you can get, um, some money off your next, uh, your next purchase. I'm like, okay, it's cool. It's free to join. So they'll, they'll send me messages, right. They'll send push notifications like, oh, we have this members only sale, right. Mm. You know, like they have like, oh, they got some new designs in, you know, check it out. So they'll push notify you on your phone. Yeah. Right? So that that's like one way to follow up. Like, oh, you know, you can get a coupon code off your next purchase. So, you can, yeah. oh, oh, we're launching, you know, the next version of our, you know, of our water bottle. Right. Yeah. So that's one to follow up. And then also with the QR code. Right. So mm. everyone's scanning QR codes here in Japan. Right. So, you know, if you have that QR code, then you can send that to your line account or to your website. So, I mean, these are all ways you know, to, to get that initial contact, yeah. right? So you can build a relationship, you can build an audience, etc. Awesome. So I'm assuming then that you would put the QR code on all of your products or on an insert yeah. or something on the product. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, let's talk about the event. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel that, you know, online there's a lack of information about Amazon Japan. I mean, besides yeah. Nick Katz and, you know, maybe, I don't know, like maybe one or two other people, nobody's talking about it. So... Oh. I feel, you know, this is like a blue ocean opportunity, right? Mm. There's low competition, there's low PPC, it's a big marketplace, it's growing and Amazon, mm. which most everyone listening to this podcast is familiar with, right? You're familiar with selling on Amazon, you're familiar with Seller Central, but you can sell in Japan pretty much the same way, right? Mm. Seller Central in Japan is in English, so you don't you don't even need to know Japanese to sell in yeah. Japan, right? That's Obviously, you know, work with some professionals that can help you, you know, the import of record, the compliance testing experts, et cetera. But I feel, I feel it's a great opportunity. So that's why I decided to create the first ever Amazon seller conference in Japan. Mm. It's called the seven figure seller Japan mastermind. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a live in-person event, mm -hmm. two days in Tokyo, April 4th to the 5th. Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn how to sell in Japan. So we're going to have um, eight-figure Amazon Japan sellers, seven-figure Amazon Japan, wow. Japan sellers yeah. sharing what they're doing right now. Um, and also we have Amazon coming. Um, Jeff Cohen is flying in from the States. Wow. He's, uh, Amazon ad, brand evangelist, yeah. um, you know, talking about how to, um, you know, make more sales in Japan using ads, you know, increasing your brand visibility. Um, we have you know, people like, Ritu Java. I mean, she just won like the best speaker award at, you know, one of the major conferences in the U.S. and she's coming to Japan. I mean, she's spent 17 years living in Japan. Um, you know, she's, she'll be sharing about Amazon PPC for Japan SEO. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, basically I think the other thing is just meeting all of the, the different, um, you know, the partners. Right. Because many people have questions mm -hmm. about importing, right? They're not sure how to localize their listings. They're not sure about what type mm -hmm. of compliance test to do. Right. So if you're here, you're like, oh, you talk, you know, talk to that guy over there. Right. Oh, talk to that lady. Yeah. You have a question about compliance, you know, talk to her. If you have a question about PPC, talk to him. Right. Everyone's going to be yeah. here at the same time. So you'll just be able to fast track the whole process to sell into Japan. And we're going to have yeah. uh, masterminds as well. So you'll have an opportunity to get all of your questions answered. And, you know, I think it'll be um, a great chance for, you know, sellers to sell additional, you know, 300K, 500K, or even, you know, 900K, right? You know, we have case studies of US yep. brands entering Japan, you know, it, within about, you know, 15 months, they've sold over 900K, right? So there is a, there's a big opportunity here. Yeah, so it sounds like you've got everybody that knows anything about selling in Japan coming to the event. 
Yeah, we've, I mean, I've handpicked a lot of these guys and I've worked with other Amazon Japan sellers like, you know, Nick, like Nick Katz. Um, we also have uh, Bernie Thompson coming in. He's an eight-figure seller, uh, and CEO of Pluggable. Yeah. He's selling in That's many right. countries and he's sold in Japan for mm. over 10 years. So he's going to share the things he's learned, you know, over 10 years selling in Japan. And, you know, one of the other seven-figure sellers told me in private, that's the one session he doesn't want to miss, right? I mean, this guy's already doing seven no. figures. He's, he wants to learn from the eight figure guy, right? What they're doing. Yeah, that's so, right. And we have like, you know, we have other uh, people coming um, just to learn, um, you know, Brandon Young is coming, right? He's an eight figure seller. He hasn't sold in Japan yet. He wants to learn. He's coming as, as a student, right? So you'll be like, mm. if you come, you'll be sitting alongside Brandon and you know, Bradley Sutton from Helium 10 is coming, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he wants to learn more about Japan as well. So I think, you know, this is going to be one of the, the best conferences of yeah. the year. And, um, you know, Japan is a blue ocean. And also, I didn't even mention this is actually the best time of year to visit Japan. Um, Chris, have you come yeah. to Japan before? I'm ashamed to say that I have never been to Japan. Okay, you got to join Sorry. us next next time. You got to join us. Okay, it's <laughs> yeah, going to be I cherry can't make it this year, but yeah. next year for sure. Yeah, cherry blossom season, right? I mean, people come to Japan just to see the cherry blossom. So you're going to get the Amazon like two day conference. You know, learn everything A to Z, and you're going to be able to experience the cherry blossoms. We're doing a, a social event under the cherry blossom trees. Networking. Um, we're going to have. Uh, Japanese, like, you know, sakes, whiskeys, um, sushi, bento boxes, you know, under, under the cherry blossom trees. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome event. That just sounds amazing. Gary, how do we get to find out more about the event? Like what, is there a website? There must be a website. Yes, definitely. Um, check out our site at seven figure seller, Japan mastermind.com. And, um, I believe. And we'll, we'll set up your audience with a coupon, $300 off. Um, anyone that oh, thanks, uses man. your, your code TAS 300. So seven figure seller, Japan mastermind.com okay. April 4th to 5th. Brilliant. Gary, thank you so much. Tell me, how do we get in touch with you personally? If we wanted to do that? Yeah, you can email me Gary at 8020sourcing.com. That's G A R Y at eight zero two zero. S-O-U-R-C-I-N-G.com. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. It's been great to catch up with you. And uh, good luck for the event. And, um, yeah, I hope we get, you get lots of bums on seats. It sounds like you've got a stellar lineup, got some amazing international guests. And, uh, yeah, uh, can't wait to attend in uh, 2024. Yeah, yeah. We we'll hope to, to get you here, Chris, and we'll hope to get some of your uh, your audience to, to join us as well to, to sell into Japan. Yeah, I hope so. Good, Gary. All right, mate. Thanks, Heaps. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening. 